welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host Isabella Gosling and I am so excited. It is April, it is Adeno Awareness Month and it's time to shine a spotlight all on Adno because it gets much less funding and much less awareness and much less education and you know people know about it way less than endometriosis so I am excited to bring you all the Adeno content this month for April so I thought why not start with a bumper episode all about Adeno so I'm going to chat through what it is how it's diagnosed the symptoms treatment all the good stuff plus answer a lot of the questions that came through on the question box um, a couple of days ago so without further ado let's get into it Okay, so what actually even is adenomyosis? So adenomyosis or adeno is a disease where the lining of the uterus, so the endometrium, it actually grows into the muscle wall of the uterus, so the myometrium. And so there's really not a very good definition between the two muscle layers um, and then the lining layer because the endometrium is sort of growing into the muscle wall. So sufferers of adeno can experience numerous microscopic bleeds in the muscle wall of the uterus and that can be during the menstrual phase of their cycle. However, with adenomyosis, it can also have a lot of breakthrough bleeding so it could be occurring at other parts as well. So let's dive into some of the symptoms of adeno because they can be quite debilitating and quite painful and just horrific in general. So if you're sort of sitting along listening and thinking, wow, I'm suffering with a lot of these, like it could be a good idea to chat with your GP and get a referral onto a specialist to sort of look into whether you might have adeno. So number one is heavy periods. So bleeding more than 80 mils over the course of your period is considered to be a heavy period. So if you're needing to sleep on a towel at night time, if you're needing to change period products more regularly than the recommended time frame, so if you're changing pads, tampons every two hours, or if you're needing to change your menstrual cup, um, you know, after four hours instead of eight, If you are using period undies and you're leaking through or you're needing to change your period undies, that's heavy period. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um, The next one is prolonged menstrual bleeding. So a period lasting over seven days. So that could be bleeding for up to, you know, over seven days, like I just said. So bleeding for like you could be bleeding for 10 days, 12 days. 14 days or in some cases people might start their period and then they might bleed for 30 days straight so really keeping an eye on tracking those symptoms especially how long your period's lasting for is really important when it comes to sort of chatting about what's going on for you if you're thinking you might have adeno. Um, The next one is breakthrough bleeding. So you might stop your period and then there's bleeding that occurs between your next period. So this is 
not the same period because you might have ended that period and you're sort of bleeding throughout the month when you shouldn't be bleeding. Another one that is super common for adeno is that sharp shooting pain that can go right up your vagina, your vaginal canal or up into your rectum and it's just like this quick, intense, horrific pain. I've been there. Um, And also having that pressure or heavy feeling in your abdomen. Uh, I know that I used to get this feeling and it felt like my uterus was just going to like fall out. It just felt so heavy. Um, Obviously that needs to be looked into because if, especially if you've had children, that could be um, a issue for prolapse potentially. But for me, that was my adenomyosis. Um, Another one is painful intercourse. So that um, internal penetration. So that could be intercourse with a partner. That could be self-pleasure. It's just that painful insertion and then the pain um, with that penetration. And then the next one is chronic pelvic pain. So if you've got that pain and that on intercourse and you've got that sharp shooting pain in your rectum um, or you just have that overall pelvic pain and, and it's just there, chronic pelvic pain is considered to be any pain that is there every single day for over three months. So if you're experiencing that every day for over three months, that's chronic pelvic pain. The next one is back pain, and that can be due to the nature of adeno, and it's referring down into those that sacral area, and that can be really um, horrific and lower, lower back aching pain that actually also shoots down into the legs as a referred leg pain, and that can be due to the nerve pathways as well. Also, you might be experiencing fatigue and fatigue is a huge symptom of adeno because it just comes and goes and comes and goes and you might be feeling um, really lethargic and that could be due to iron deficiency from the extreme menstrual bleeding or it can also just be to, due to the disease process itself and that inflammation repair process is just... Um, cause it uses a lot of energy within the body and that can be causing fatigue in itself. Um, also, finally, and this isn't really a symptom, but it's just something that is affected. So fertility can be affected. So you might be having trouble conceiving and that could lead you to that diagnosis of adeno. So you might be suffering from recurrent pregnancy loss or you might be just have, having trouble conceiving and this can be due to um, the issue with implantation sometimes. So one of the questions came that came through was all about the differences in symptoms between endometriosis and adenomyosis because the symptoms are so similar and so it's really hard to know which you have. But I am here to break it down for you. So we know that endo is tissue that's similar to the endometrium and that is implanting on pelvic organs, but also it can be found within any body, any organ in the body. So main endo symptoms are that cramping and pelvic pain, painful bowel movements, painful urination, constipation, diarrhea, um, the back pain, fatigue, heavy periods, painful intercourse, breakthrough bleeding, and we know that it's an inflammatory disease as well. 
We also know that you can have painful ovulation due to adhesions and then um, that swelling that needs to occur of the ovary to release that egg. If there's adhesions around, it can really hurt. And you can also experience that bloating, okay? And then for adenomyosis, we know that it's the endometrium growing into the myometrium of the uterus, okay? And you've got the sharp shooting pains up your rectum and vagina. You can have the prolonged menstrual bleeding, the pressure or heavy feeling, referred leg pain, chronic pelvic pain, and bloating. So it also affects fertility. Where the overlap is between endo and adeno is that back pain. So that is really tricky because you know, is it endo back pain? Is it adeno back pain? With adeno, that referred leg pain really does come into it. So you can have that really Um, horrible pain down the backs of your legs or in the fronts they just feel really heavy or they might feel um, really like stingy lots of people describe it differently but you have that pain shooting down to your legs also fatigue is where it laps over with um, endo because we've also got fatigue there we've got heavy periods that lap over as well we've got that painful intercourse that breakthrough bleeding and that inflammatory disease. So we know adeno is also an inflammatory disease process as well. So I have also done a blog all about the similarities and the differences between endo and adeno and PCOS as well. And I've created a little graphic. So I'll link that in the show notes so you can take a look and have you know, a clearer picture because it's easier to, it's easy to forget when you're listening to it on a podcast. So having that picture is really useful to refer back to. Okay. So the next question is how to get diagnosed. And I think that's a really important one because, um, you might have all of these symptoms, but then what do you do with them? So if you're experiencing these going to the GP and saying, I have all of these symptoms, it's really useful to have been tracking them either in, your diary or um, in an app. So I find the Friendo app amazing. Um, It's got a screener tool as well that you can share the data with um, a healthcare professional and take that to them. And it's sort of that raw data that they can't really dispute, but then you can also track your symptoms as to what's going on for you too. And it's got a bunch of resources. So taking that info and saying, look, this is what I'm experiencing. And then asking for a referral to a specialist. So a gynecologist, an obstetrician, and generally speaking, you don't want to go and see just anybody. You do want someone who has that additional training in the management of endometriosis and adenomyosis. However, adeno is still so misunderstood and there's not a lot of research still. And then endo is only coming to the forefront now. And so adeno is still kind of behind. So it doesn't get mentioned as much. However, um, endo specialists are also um, well aware of adeno as well and the treatment and management um, overall. So what they're looking for diagnostically is either while you're having a laparoscopy so you might go in for a laparoscopy for endo removal and then they might see characteristically that your uterus is looking inflamed it might look bumpy and it might look bulky so just bigger and thicker Um, and then also you can see tubal tubal thickening as well via laparoscopy so 
just like characteristically from looking at the uterus, that can be one way for diagnosis. However, there's also ways that are much less invasive currently, which is the use of MRI. Um, So what they do for the MRI is they're looking for the junctional zone. So this is the zone between the endometrium and the myometrium, and that's a greater my um, greater junctional zone. So I, um, from the top of my head, from the research I've been reading um, and personal experience as well, it's where it's over five millimeters. That's where it's that sort of um, could be considered adeno. So anything over five is suggestive. And then 10 millimeters can be um, that definitive, yes, you've got adeno. However, it's very tricky just to go on MRI alone. And that's why um, the use of laparoscopy is also good because you do get that visual picture of what's going on. Furthermore, you can also use uh, an ultrasound scan as well. So that's really useful for looking at increased vascularity, so blood flow. So is there extra blood flow to that area? You can also see the myometrium thickening, so the muscle layer thickening, and then also that difficulty clarifying where the endometrium sort of ends and the myometrium begins. So that border between the two is really hard to determine on an ultrasound because, um, well, it will show that it's hard to determine on the ultrasound. So that can indicate adenomyosis. So it's important to have the ultrasound scan done or the MRI done by a tertiary ultrasound scanner or someone who has a lot of experience in gynecological imaging because it can be missed. Um, It might not be picked up. So these are all um, very minute sort of things and they could be um, missed if people don't know what they're looking for. So um, furthermore, these are all um, not concrete diagnoses at the moment because definitively the only way to diagnose adenomyosis is post-hysterectomy. You get the uterus tested um, via histology. So they test the tissue for the presence of adenomyosis and that definitely confirms it um, because otherwise it's too tricky and it can cause a lot of trauma to the uterus. So Um, basically we go off characteristics and those signs. So that junctional zone, that increased vascularity and that thickening and that difficulty clarifying the border between the endometrium and the myometrium. Uh, The next one is, does it get progressively worse over time? So short answer, yes. So adenomyosis is a progressive disease. So that does mean that it gets worse, um, the longer you sort of have it, for lack of a better word. However, that is why early diagnosis and early intervention is so important because finding what's going on sooner allows you to be more proactive instead of reactive and you can sort of get in before a greater amount of damage is done to the uterus itself. So that is where education and awareness come in and that's why it's really important to talk about adenomyosis if you have adeno or if you think you might or if you have adeno and you are hearing one of your friends or family members who are going through what 
you sort of went through and you go, hey, I think you might have this. So sort of bringing adenomyosis to the forefront of the conversation because um, a lot of people think it's rare, but it's not rare. It's just not talked about. And so it's rarely talked about, but it has got quite a high incidence. It's just the delay to diagnosis, the lack of awareness, lack of education, lack of research that is impeding or impacting those stats on how many people it affects. When it comes to treatment options for adeno, you can use a multidisciplinary approach or an interdisciplinary approach. So this can be the use of hormonal contraceptives for hormonal treatment management. That's not a cure at all. This is just to treat um, the symptoms associated once you've sort of had that diagnostic process and they can work at sort of thinning that um, endometrium and thinning the thickness of the uterus, so um, the uterine wall. And some hormonal treatments are quite effective at doing that and that's what it's targeting but it's not going to cure your adeno at all furthermore working with a pelvic physio can be really useful for managing pelvic pain and helping to um, you know desensitize those nerve pathways because they can be incredibly sensitive after that chronic regular pain as well as those muscles in that pelvic area as well so learning to relax those and not have them be so overstimulated and overactive Um, additionally you can also look at working with a nutritionist a dietitian or a naturopath Um, they can be really good at assisting with anti-inflammatory diets and Um, food options and they can be prescribing herbs and it just depends on what your goals are and what you're really focusing focusing in on wanting to improve in your life and what areas you're struggling with Um, you can also look at working with an exercise physiologist to assist with moving your body with adeno because Um, When you are having a good day, it's important to not send yourself into a flare when you're exercising. Um, Working with an acupuncturist or an osteo um, are really beneficial too because they can assist with the um, osteo side of things, can assist with the fascia release and um, the acupuncture side of things can assist with promoting that um, blood flow and and that drainage. So working with people who are your cheerleaders, they want the best for you, your A team. So that's all about, you know, finding who you want and you can't have all of these people in your team at once because it can cost quite a bit of money. However, finding who you need at each point and referring back to them when you need, taking a break if you're, you know, seeing that benefit and you and your practitioner are happy, but it's all about that multidisciplinary approach. Okay, the final question for today, I got so many, so there will be a part two next week. Um, But the final question for today is, is there a cure for adenomyosis? And yes, there is. However, it the only cure currently is via hysterectomy. So you need to have your uterus removed um, either via laparoscopy so they can remove it via keyhole surgery or uh, alternatively, some people might need a laparotomy. So it might need to be opened completely to 
um, in the stomach to remove your uterus. So it can be quite an invasive procedure just to cure adeno. So that's the only way to cure it at the moment. It would be great if eventually there would be a much less invasive and a much less drastic cure. So um, I just want to make the distinction between endometriosis and adenomyosis. So endo has no cure, but adeno's cure is hysterectomy only currently. So that is all for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed all about the adeno content. Um, if you have any questions about adenomyosis, please send me a DM on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU or shoot through an email to hello at letstalkperiod.com.au. Other than that, I'll be back in your ears on Wednesday with a brand new interview episode with somebody very, very special to me, all about adeno as well. So I cannot wait to share that one with you. If you did enjoy this episode, though, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. Make sure you're also following the show so you get a little notification every time a new episode's released. And if you're not already part of the Let's Talk Period community on Facebook, what are you doing? Come and join us. It is the place for people living with chronic illness, endo, adeno, PCOS, to chat, ask questions, get support and advice, and just be around people who get it. So all the details are in the show notes or search Let's Talk Period community in your Facebook search bar. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history. 